Hey guys, I'm Brad Livingston, lead pastor here at Transformation Church. I want to thank you for tuning in to our sermon today. At TC, we exist to see people transform from who they are to who God wants them to be. So no matter where you are on your faith journey, I hope today's message inspires you to take one step closer to Christ. It's good to see you guys, and uh, we're, we're finishing up our last Sunday morning of the year, because uh, next Sunday we'll be online only, and so as we do that, we're, we're jumping back into our Christmas series, and uh, how many guys know th- you experience things differently when you're alone? Come on, help me out for a second. How many guys know you experience things differently when you're alone, right? So um, uh, my wife recently went out of town, uh, and when she was out of town, um, I'm at the house by myself. And uh, it's so weird, you know, being married, it's so weird um, sleeping in the bed by myself, right? It's like just different. Um, not because, for those of you that are single and are like, I can't wait to get married. Not because you cuddle when you sleep. That's not real life, okay? So for those of you that are like, oh, I can't wait to get married because we're just going to fall when you sleep in each other's arms. No, you're not. Okay. And uh, her hair is not going to be perfect with her makeup perfect when she wakes up in the morning either. Okay. And she's not going to roll over and want to kiss you because your breath is. Anyway. All right. So I just want to clarify a few things in real life, you know, for those of you that are glamorizing it. Um, So, no, it's none of those things. It's this reality. I've realized whenever I'm at home by myself, right? When I'm with my wife and she's in the house, I hear things in the house. And it doesn't alarm me because there's another person in the house, right? So, like, our fridge makes ice real loud, and, like, there's always this noise that kind of goes on where the clothes are, uh, like, the washer and dryer and stuff. And it's like, when she's in the house, I'm like, oh, that's just the fridge. You're all just the washer and dryer. But when you're in that house alone, don't look at me like that. Y'all know exactly what I'm talking. When you're in the house alone, that ice maker, and you're like, <laughs> right, that washer and dryer is like, goom. Uh, and so I've noticed you just experience things different uh, when you're alone, right? And so as I, I, I started <laughs> doing this whole concept uh, of talking about what we were looking at today, I realized we experience things differently when we're alone, uh, what, like at home. But how many guys know we experience circumstances from life differently when we feel alone? When we feel isolated, when we feel by ourselves, man, the things of life tend to hit us differently because we feel like we're by ourselves, right? The reality is sometimes it's, uh, it, it may be that we're actually by ourselves and sometimes we just feel like we're by ourselves. Listen, because the people around us can't seem to help us with whatever we're going through. And so, man, oftentimes you see the, 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 what happens when you run into that is, you start, people, start being, seeing people reach out for help, right? So where do they reach out for help? Social media is one of the main ones in 2022, right? They hop on Facebook or Instagram, and they just gas out their whole problem, right? So they're just like, I'm going through this, and I'm going through this, and I'm going through this, and I'm not necessarily opposed to that, but we just see it happening, and, right? Or they send out text messages, or they try to call friends. But the reality is, if you've gone through this, you've probably experienced this, true, uh, this as well, is whenever you go through the season, it doesn't seem to matter how much sympathy you get from other people, it still doesn't seem to solve the problem because the reality is you still feel like you're going through it alone right and so what happens we start trying to look for a place to put our hope and today I want to talk to you about this idea of hope because I asked the question this week right where do we put our hope and and I said where have you mistakenly put your hope that it didn't quite do what you thought it was going to do and and so uh, many of your answers came in I just want to kind of give you some uh, responses I mistakenly placed my hope in number one money Anybody ever done that before? 
if I just had more money, we could solve this problem, right? If I just had more money, I could solve a lot of problems, but not all of my problems, right? Uh, I have mistakenly placed my hope in my career. I, mis- I put my hope in if I could just be successful, if I could just make these things happen, if I could just get over this hump, if I could just, and the reality is for a lot of us, that hasn't brought us the hope, it hasn't done for us what we thought it would. I've mistakenly placed my hope in my marriage, Anybody in marriage ever let your spouse down before? Right? Six, seven, eight. All those hands were women. Fellas are like, nope, not getting me today. No, sir. <laughs> I plan on taking her to her favorite restaurant after this. So you're not getting me. Oh, so, right? <laughs> the, the, the answer that came in more than any other answer, more than any other answer when we asked the question, I have mistakenly put my hope in this last one, people. Because I think that's where a lot of us are looking for help. We're looking for help from people. I put my hope in people. And here's the, uh, the continuance of that response that I got time after time after time. As I put my hope in people, it was never enough. Because when you put your hope in others, it rarely gives to you what you're hoping for, right? But here's what I think all of the answers really boil down to. Um, as I've kind of dove into the psychology behind what people are sending us, and it's this. And this is what I think the real answer is. I have mistakenly placed my hope in what I can see. I have mistakenly placed my hope in what I can see. Now you say, Brad, why is that a big deal? Why is it a big deal that I put my hope in the things I can see? It's hard to put my hope in things I don't see, right? Well, Hebrews 11.1 would actually say the opposite of that because faith is the confidence in what we, what's that word? Hope for, right? Faith, using faith is the confidence of what we hope for, right? With the assurance about what we actually don't see. See, faith and hope are connected in this. Faith and hope are connected in the fact that you don't see what you're looking for, but you still have to believe for it anyways. And we all go through seasons of life where we have to believe for something we can't quite see, whether that's an eternal promise that Jesus gives to us or whether it's walking this journey out with Jesus while we're still here. There's a hope that we're looking for. There's faith we're using to see it, but we don't see it with our eyes. And the reality is many of us are trying to cling to hope with what we can see, not realizing that Jesus is trying to build up something in us around faith, not just hope, because that's what's centered on what you can't see. You see, Jesus wants to know, I know you trust your friends and your boss, but do you trust me? I know you trust your bank account and your career, but do you rely on me? And you see, hope, when it's centered on anything other than Jesus, it's frail and fragile. Because those things can be broken. Have any of you ever been confident in your job before, and then all of a sudden, a week later, change? Hello, somebody. It's called 2020, right? All of you are like, oh, God, yeah, no, right? Things are fragile. And so what do we have to do? We have to understand the reality is that hope is found in something that goes way beyond the temporal things you see in your own life. And so here's the question I have for you. Have you ever had a hard time with your faith because all you could see was what was in front of you? Have you ever had a hard time with your faith? Have you ever had a hard time believing? Have you ever had a hard time thinking, feeling, hoping, trusting? Have you ever had a hard time with your faith because what was in front of you seemed so much bigger than what was possible by God? The situation, the hurt, the pain, the struggle, right? The doctor's report, the pink slip, the eviction notice, right? Your spouse walking to your room and telling you that it's over, right? A relationship that you banked on, 
have you ever had something in front of you that seemed so significant that God didn't seem like he could move? Like the thing in front of you is that big. And I'm here to tell you, because hope has to come in dark situations. Hope has to come from situations that may seem hopeless. Am I right? Turn your neighbor and say hopeless. Right? But we're not hopeless. So Romans 15, 13 says it like this. And I want to read it to you. Romans 15, 13 says, may the God of, okay, may the God of hope fill you with what? Joy and peace. Well, that's what we just spent two weeks talking about. Right? We talked about peace the first week. We talked about joy last week. May the God of hope fill you with joy and peace as you do everything in your power to make things happen for yourself. Wow. Come on, help me out today. As you earn your own way in this world and you grit and you grind and whenever you have time, you may ask God for a favor, but really it's up to you to make things happen for yourself. That's not what it says. He says, you're filled with joy and peace. Listen, not when you work hard, but when you rest well in him working for you. When we trust in him so that you may overflow with hope. So listen to me. The overflow of hope comes from the joy and peace of being connected to Jesus, not from you working hard. But I don't know about you. If you're anything like me, I feel like I got to make things happen for myself. I feel like it's like, man, if I'm not out here doing and doing and working and working and grinding and grinding, what is God going to, and it's like God saying, no, 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 trust me, work, for the record, work, okay. You're going to quit your job tomorrow, but Pastor Brad said, no, 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 don't, don't do that, right? Work, but listen to me, your reliance isn't in your boss, it's in God. Your hope isn't in your marriage, it's in God. And listen to me, if it's in God, your, your bank account, your marriage, and everything else, it'll be fine because your hope is in the one you're trusting in. And so we have to be connected to him, right, so that we may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Isaiah 9-6 is the verse we've been using for the whole series, right? And what does it say? For to us a child is born, say child, For to us, a child is born, right? To us, a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, it says. In other words, he'll rule, he'll reign, right? And he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God. And this is the one I want to talk to you about today, Everlasting Father. And then it goes on to say Prince of Peace. I know we did them out of order. Everyone's like, man, this is really what? No, no, no. We did Prince of Peace, Mighty God. Today, I want to talk about Everlasting Father. Because when we think of Everlasting Father, we don't necessarily think of Jesus. But I want to break that word down for you because the Everlasting Father literally comes from the Father of Ages, the Architect of Ages. In other words, the Everlasting One, or listen, the Eternal One. And so when we think about the Everlasting Father, we think about the seed, Father, seed by which everything exists. So Jesus, John 1, says everything was created to him and for him and through him. In other words, Jesus was in the beginning, and through Jesus, everything that's ever existed, existed. And so he's the father, he's the seed of which everything started. But listen to me, in the Bible it also says he's the beginning and the end. He's the alpha and the omega, which means not only is he the father of eternity, in other words, all things past, but listen to me, he's also the eternal one, which means all things future, which means not only did everything come from him, listen to me, everything will come back to him. And so if our hope is placed in anything other than him, listen, we're relying on someone that doesn't know what the end looks like. But when our hope is in Jesus, we're going back to the one that doesn't just know what the beginning looks like, but listen to me, he knows what the end looks like too. And so when we talk about our everlasting father, where else would you put your hope other than the one that knows the beginning and the end? And so that's what I want to talk to you about today, because Jesus is the everlasting father. He's the 
architect of ages. He's the eternal one. He's the beginning and he's the end. And that's why when you look at the verse that comes after Isaiah 6, Isaiah 9, 7, what does it say? Of the greatness of his government and peace, there will be no end. He didn't just start it, he'll finish it. And listen to me, for all of us who are in Christ Jesus, for all of us that our faith is in him, for all of us that our life belongs to him, listen, whatever you're going through, he didn't just let it start, he intends to finish it. And that's why our hope is in him. And I think there's no better story than in John chapter 4, we see this happen. We're going to spend most of our time there for the rest of the day. John chapter 4, right, we see this father come to Jesus, and as he shows up, he, he, he shows up to Jesus with this plea, right? So let's go. Verse 46 and 47. There was a certain royal official whose son lay sick at Capernaum. When this man heard that Jesus had arrived in Galilee from Judea, he went to him and begged him to come and heal his son who was close to death. Now, I want you to think about this for a second because we have this man who's coming to Jesus. Listen, he's, ob- he's a royal official, which means he has people all around him. He has access to the best doctors. He has access to the best people. He has access to the best nurses and clinicians and all the people in medicine. He, he has anything he wants. Listen to me. But it didn't matter who was around him because no one around him could help. So he said, I've got to put my hope in something other than all of these other things because all of these other things are failing. And maybe you can relate to the man in this story already when you've done all you can do and everyone around you has done all they can do. And it still didn't seem like it got you very many places. And so he says, I've got to go to Jesus. And this is important because I want you to understand something out of the gate. And this is reality that Jesus is more than capable of meeting our needs. Jesus is more than capable of meeting our needs. And for many of us, listen to me, that's a fresh reality right there. It's a revelation right there because you think you have to meet your needs and then pray to Jesus at the end going, man, it just didn't work out. Jesus is more than capable of meeting our needs. And so the father comes to him and he's going, hey, Jesus, I need you to help here. And that's why we go back to Hebrews 11. One, right? But I want to show it to you, not in the NIV, but I want to show you to you in the Living Bible paraphrase. And it says this, faith is the confident assurance, listen, confident assurance that something we are hoping for, something we want to happen is going to happen. It is the certainty that what we hope for is waiting for us, even though we can't see it coming up ahead. So it's something that I'm hoping for. And this is what this means. He's coming to Jesus. He's saying, I'm hoping for something. I can't see it. It doesn't seem like there's a way, but I'm hoping that it's going to happen, right? And I love what we see because then we we know he's capable of meeting our needs. And if you go to John 4, verse 49, as we continue down the story, the royal official said this. He said, sir, come down before my child dies. Now, I want you to see that word, sir, right there. I want you to think about this for a second. This royal official has no need to address anyone else as Lord or Sir, but he does it with Jesus. Now, for the record, Jesus is nobody at this point. He's hated by royal officials. He's hated by the religious crowd, right? And so what do we have? He comes to him, listen, he acknowledges his power and submits to his authority, even though he's nothing. Because how many guys know desperation will cause you to put your faith in something, even if it seems inferior? And he comes to me, he's going, sir, if there's, listen, come, come and heal 
my son, because listen to me, submission matters. And for many of us, we don't understand that submission to Christ's lordship in your life is evidence of where you've placed your faith. Submission to Christ's lordship. In other words, if you go back in time when the word Lord was established, it was a ruler. It was one that reigned, one that had power, one that had authority. And when we speak Lord to Jesus, we say, Lord, I need you. We're talking to God. We say, Lord, I need you. When we say Lord out loud, say Lord. Turn to your neighbor and say Lord. But they're not your Lord, okay? So don't get it twisted, all right? So, but when we say Lord, when we're praying and we say Lord, listen to me. I want you to understand what you're saying. What you're saying is all supreme power over my life that I submit to. So when you say Lord Jesus, what you're literally saying is, the one that I submit to, the one that is Lord over my life, the one that rules and reigns and he sets the rules, he sets the cadence, he tells me where to go, when to go, how to go. That's what Lord is and Jesus is Lord over my life. And he looks at him and he says the same thing, the word that means literally Lord. He says, sir, Lord, one that has authority over me, come down and do this. And I'm here to tell you today, if you're submitted to Christ, he's Lord of your life. But if you're submitted to your boss, if you're more submitted to anything else in this world than you are Jesus, that's the Lord of your life. You see, some of us, if we were honest, we'd have to call our bank account Lord. We'd have to call our spouse Lord. And some of you are like, don't care for that at all. I don't, I don't like that, <laughs> right? right? We, but the reality is Jesus is Lord of our life, right? And so what do we do? We go back to John 4, verse 50, and we keep going in the story. And he says, Jesus looked at him, go, Jesus replied, your son will live. And the man took Jesus at his word and departed. Now, I don't know about you guys, I would have had a problem with this. If I came all this way, it was like, Jesus, we need help. Listen, I've got these, I've got these probably, Jesus, I, I, I need help. And he was like, ah, it's taken care of, just go. I'd have been like, can I get like a... anointed handkerchief or something like can I get a vial of water from the Jordan I don't know something can I get something right can I get a locket of your hair I don't know that's witchcraft I'm not sure I just need like I need some confidence here that you're gonna do the thing right because here's the deal what we don't see in the Bible necessarily we don't understand it when we look at it he walked 20 miles to get to Jesus so the distance he went he goes 20 miles gets there Jesus is like yeah it's taken care of go and he's like, it just says he departed. I feel like I need more information than this. Because I'm like, all right, I'm going to go. But can I have a napkin? You wiped your mouth. Something. I need something to go back with. Come on, don't look at me. Y'all are the same way. Y'all laughing because you're like, yep, I need that Coke bottle he drank out of. Something. We're going to rub it on a towel. I'm doing. Like, why? Because we're putting our hope, like, our everything, this guy, everything he cares about is in this moment right now. And he's standing for Jesus saying, and listen, he walked 20 miles to get to Jesus. And Jesus is like, just, just go. He's sending him back. And, man, I'm imagining when I read this story, I'm imagining, like, could you imagine the journey back? 20 miles between the request and the answer on foot I don't even like to drive to Winn-Dixie around the corner from my house if I don't have to and he's he's walking 20 miles and he's walking on foot and surely with a few of his men and, and I want you to think about it for a second the the 
the mind games that's going on in this man's mind. Between the request that meant more to him than anything and even finding out if he got an answer. Which is why I think it's so true that our faith in Jesus is tested more in our journey than anything else. Our faith in Jesus, it's tested more in our journey than anything else. And he's on this journey and he's walking and he's, and he's going towards his son and he's saying, I just hope that it's there. I hope that the miracle is there. I hope you provided the way that you said you were going to provide. I know you're Jesus, but I don't know if you're Christ. And how many of us in our life could acknowledge we've been right there? I know you're Jesus, but I don't know if you're Lord. I know you're Jesus, but I don't know if you're. I know I've seen it. You do it for that person and that person and that person. But what if you stop with me? And, and this journey for him back to his son, right? And that's why I think it's so important that you understand this very true reality that your faith may waver after your departure, but his power doesn't. Your faith may waver. Oh God, what if you don't? Or what if, what if it's not mine? What if, what, if you, what if I can't? What if it doesn't? What if he? What if I? What if she? What if the boss? What if the paycheck? What if the career? What if the marriage? What if the house? What if, the, what if everything that I'm working so hard for? What if, what if, what if? And listen to me. Listen, your faith may waver after you walk away from Jesus, but his power hasn't changed just because you relocated. And that's the struggle we all have. Because how many guys know in the presence of someone else, things are different than when you're walking by yourself. Things hit different when we're alone. And so when he's with Jesus, Jesus is like, go. And he's like, all right, go. Sure, no, no handkerchief? Okay, go, all right, go. And he walks away, but listen to me. I, I don't, maybe mile one, he was good. Maybe mile five, he was good. But surely mile 13, mile, mile 12, mile 11, maybe. What, sure, surely somewhere along the journey, like, is he? Is he? Is he going to, will he? And we go back to the story, John 4, verse 51 and 52. While he was still on the way, say on the way. While he was still on the way, his servants met him with the news that his boy was alive and living. And when he inquired as to the time when his son got better, they said to him, yesterday at one in the afternoon, the fever left him. Now think about this for a second. It was a whole day. That means yesterday. That means that this man in the Bible understands your sleepless night over what you've gone through in life. He understands what it's like to look at the ceiling or maybe a tent. I don't know. Stars. It's old. I don't know. I just, it's a different time frame here. Right? Like, he understands what it feels like to go through the night not knowing what's going to happen in his life and still with all the anxiety have to persevere. And he wakes up the next day and he continues on a journey because once you've started the journey, how many guys know you don't really have a fin- a, a, an answer on whether or not you get to finish it? And so he, he started the journey. He's got to go the rest of the way. And he, his, the people run out there and they're going, hey, listen, he's healed. He's living. He's alive. When did this happen? About one o'clock yesterday. And we go to verse 53. 
then the father realized that this was the exact time that Jesus said to him, your son will live. So he and his whole household believed. I want you to think about this for a second. I, listen, if y'all anything like me, that would have been the moment like, Jesus, I knew you had it. Come on, come on, don't do that to me, right? You, you were questioning the whole time. Oh my God, Jesus. And then he comes through and he's like, oh, you know, I knew you had, I knew you had that other job lined up, you know. I was just, right? I knew my, I knew my spouse was going to get it together, right? Like, no, you didn't. Don't lie. You had no idea, right? But how many guys know when Jesus comes through, what does it do? It connects what we were believing for and couldn't see with what we can now see. And we realize that faith was running through the whole thing. Doubt, maybe, hard, definitely. Uncertainty, you bet. But faith was still running through the whole thing, right? And so we come to this place where hope is stirring in our hearts, right? And he says, but here's what I want you to understand. You got to get this today because some of you are going through a journey right now and you don't understand. You got more questions than you got answers. You're trying to figure some things out, but listen to me. Jesus has an eternal plan for your temporary pain. Jesus has an eternal plan for your temporary pain. He, there's, a, there's a reason why you're going through this. There's a reason why things are happening to you. The, Jesus has a plan. God has a plan for what you're going through. What you're going through is going to accomplish something in his will for his glory through your life. He's going to set things in motion that we don't understand. He's going to create opportunities where we don't necessarily understand it. But listen to me, he has an eternal plan for your temporary pain. Romans 8.18, I consider that our present sufferings, say present sufferings. I consider the things we're going through right now are not worth comparing with the glory that we will be revealed in us. I'm struggling. I'm hurting. I'm going through this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Your present sufferings. Man, I'm dealing with this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What you're going through, it won't even be compared to the glory that will be revealed when God shows you all the reasons why you went through what you went through. And when he comes through it with you himself. That's why it's so important. Like, all the glory that we feel, because here's, here's what I want you to grab a hold of, right? Even when you can't see it, God's working. Even when you can't see it, even when you don't understand it, even when, you, even, even when you're on a 20-mile journey between the answer from Jesus and the destination of its fulfillment, listen to me, even when you can't see it, God's working. Even when you don't understand, God's working. Even when you're uncertain, God's working. God, what about? He's working. Well, don't you see? I see it, I'm working. Don't you understand? I understand, I'm working. Well, I, I don't, you don't have to understand, I'm working. And then you get to the end. I knew you had it. Why? Because we don't always listen to me. We don't, we don't get the roadmap. Faith isn't getting every stop along the journey. Faith is trusting Jesus with the journey. Right? But here's what I want you to understand. Romans 8, 28 says this, all things, say all things. All things work together for the good. To them that love God, to them who are called according to his purpose. Listen, God's got a purpose for your pain, an eternal one. It goes far beyond what you're experiencing right now struggle, the hurts. Man, listen, God's, God's got that. He's got it taken care of. 
You say, Brad, you just don't understand. You don't understand what I'm going through. Right? You, man, I'm in a tough spot. Or, or maybe for some of you, you're not in a tough spot right now, but maybe things are going really well for you right now. But you know that sometimes that don't last forever. And, and you're going, Brad, you know, in those moments, it's hard for me to connect because you don't understand what I'm going through, what I'm hurting about, what the, whatever. I'm going to tell you, I may not understand your pain, but I do understand pain. I may not understand your hurts, but I do understand hurts. I may not have your questions, but I do have questions. And everyone else in this room, everyone that's with us online, they know it too. Everyone in this room may have a different experience, but we all know what it's like to have to make the metaphorical 20-mile journey. Some of y'all are like, I ain't making 20 miles, nothing. I ain't I'm not doing it. We all know what it feels like to have to leave the presence of Jesus on Sunday morning where our faith got filled up and have a journey until we get to the destination. And in those moments, here's a phrase that I've adopted and I believe it'll help you. It hasn't always been the easiest one to say out loud. I won't lie to you. When my son was sick and he was in the hospital, when we were going through the hardest parts of our life, this is the phrase God gave me, and maybe it'll, maybe it'll help you too. You ready? Lord, I know you can. I believe you will. And no matter what, I trust you. Lord, I know you can. I believe you will. And no matter what, I trust you. Whatever the outcome is, I'm going to trust you. You say, Brad, what if the outcome isn't what you wanted it to be? I trust him. You see, because he's the father of eternity, which means even my temporary earthly experience is not confined in his supernatural omnipotence. In other words, his strength, his knowledge, and his ability to be everywhere at all times goes far beyond my ability to experience this moment right now. He knows the beginning and the end. Which means even as we navigate this journey that may be incredibly difficult for some people, he's gonna help us get through it. And so what do I do? I sit on the edge of my bed. Lord, I know you can touch my spouse, help with my job, heal my son, I'm believing that you will help at my job. For God's sake, touch my spouse. Come on, somebody help me out, somebody. Heal my son, whatever whatever your prayer is. But no matter what, this is the big one, I trust you. Because if I put my hope in anything else, it's fragile. But my hope in Jesus is solid. I can bank on that, right? We go to Isaiah 40, 31. He said, but those who hope in the Lord, he will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They'll walk and not faint. In other words, the journey, it won't destroy those whose hope is in the Lord instead of everywhere else, right? We look at John 4, 53. I'll give this to you as we wrap up today. I want to go back to this verse. So he and his whole household believed. 
You ask questions to God. If you're anything like me, you ask questions to God. God, why? Why am I going through this? Why is this happening? Why am I experiencing? Why the pain? Why the struggle? Why the hurt? Why the journey? Why the frustration? Why am I going through all these things? Why am I navigating these? Why don't I have answers? Why am I, what am I, come on, help me out. Say why. Turn to your neighbor and say why. Because y'all know what it's like to say why. Asking Jesus, why? Why, God? Come on, why? 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 I'm here to tell you that we said earlier is the truth. God has a eternal purpose in our temporary pain. See, Jeremiah 17, 7 says, Blessed is the one who trusts in the Lord, right? Blessed is the one who trusts in the Lord, whose confidence, listen, isn't in everything else, but it's in him, it's in the Lord. Blessed is that person who's not trying to figure it out on their own. They're not trying to make things happen on their own. They're, they're gonna be faithful in what they've been called to do, but they're gonna trust in God. Listen, blessed is that person whose confidence is in God, right? Because listen to me, what if the whole world is watching you to see what you do with the faith you've been talking about for the last 10 years. And maybe not the whole world, that may be unrealistic. What if your world is watching you to see how you respond to the difficulties of your life when all you've done is talk about Jesus for the last five years? Which continue to talk about Jesus for the record. Some of y'all are like that, I'm just not gonna talk about it. No, 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 you took that the wrong way, right? What do we, listen, when that person at your job was going through that marriage crisis and you're like, listen, that's me. You, need to, you need to connect with Jesus. You need, to, you, need to, you need to, listen, they're watching you to figure out what you're gonna do during this thing, right? All those people you were around, right? Family members, they were going through something. You're like, man, you need to, we need to, we need to go to the Lord in prayer. We need to do these things. Whenever you're going through something, they come to you like, have you prayed about it? You're like, I don't need to pray about it. They're like, right? Because your answer, listen, for them needs to be your answer for you. But listen, as we cling to Jesus, as we go through difficulties and as we hold to him for hope in the middle of it all, listen to me, let me give you this last thing. God will provide us with hope. God will provide us with hope as he uses our journey to give faith to those around us. What you're going through is more than just you. God's gonna use it as he gives you hope, as he gives you faith, he's gonna use your journey to impact the world around you so that he can bring others to himself through your story. Stay faithful, keep hope, and watch God work in and through your life. In Jesus' name, let me pray for you. Father, we thank you that you're so gracious to us. God, we thank you that Lord, as we come before you, we get to see you do amazing things in the lives and the hearts of people. God, we thank you that our hope is not in ourself and our hope is not in any temporary thing of our life. Our hope is in you. And God, for those of us that are gonna say that out loud today, but, but we're gonna navigate a journey today or this week or this month or next year where we're gonna have to put it into practice. I pray that you strengthen our faith, you connect our hope and you give us an assurance. God, you, you lead us along the way that our faith in you, God, is gonna see supernatural things happen. We can believe it. You're more than capable to meet our needs, God. You're fulfilling something in our pain, Lord. And so I pray that we would cling to this concept. We would cling to this phrase. We would cling to this idea. God, I know you can. I believe you will. And no matter what, I trust you because you're good and you're God.
And so I pray that you strengthen the hearts of those that are here today. Help them connect to you in a greater way as we trust you in all that we do. In Jesus' name, amen. With your eyes closed across this place. If you're here today and you say, Brad, I, I, want, I want to be honest with you. I, I, I want to put my hope in Jesus, but if I were to be real, I don't know that I know Jesus. Maybe I know about him, but he's not the Lord. Like you talked about, he's not the Lord of my life, but he needs to be. I can feel a tugging on my heart right now and something in my life needs to change. And here's the reality, sin separated us from God and we've all sinned. And when Jesus died on the cross, he paid for those sins so that you could be close to God again. And today, if you're ready to put your faith in Jesus, that belief in Jesus, it gives you access to the grace that forgives you of sins. And today, if you're ready to believe in him so that you can be saved, I wanna invite you to pray this prayer with me. And this prayer doesn't make you saved. This prayer just puts words to the actions of your heart that says, Jesus, I'm believing in you to save me. But if that's you today, I wanna to invite you to pray this prayer with me and the whole church will pray it with you so you're not praying by yourself. So let's pray. Say, dear Jesus, forgive me. Forgive me of my sins. Forgive me of my wrongs. Make me clean. Make me pure. Make me whole. I believe you died for me. So I give you my life. Make me brand new. Give me a fresh start and I'll follow you forever. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. TC, let's give it up for all those that prayed that. Perhaps the first time we celebrate with you. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Thank you so much for listening today. To make sure you never miss a message, be sure to subscribe to our channel. It would also mean so much to us if you would leave us a review. If you want to connect with us on Instagram or Facebook, just search at Transformation Pensacola. More information about our church or to contact us, feel free to go to mytc.life. Mytc.life is also where you can partner with us financially, and we would love it if you would consider doing just that, as your financial support is a key factor in helping our content channels grow. So I want to invite you to join us next time for another message from one of our pastors as we see people transform from who they are to who God wants them to be. I pray you have a blessed day.